Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. It's been a while since we have had a chance to look forward to a sporting weekend over the break that we've taken. Nice to be back with you. And let's start, shall we, with rugby. Uh, not that much happened, to be perfectly honest with you, over the last couple of weeks. There was the odd game here and there, nothing major, one or two derbies like the Sharks and the Lions and the uh, Stormers and the Sharks, and once again, the Stormers and the Sharks, a one-point victory for the Stormers the week before, the Stormers and the Bulls, and a one-point victory for the Stormers. It seems as though South African rugby teams don't want to win by more than a point. Be that as it may, that, I suppose, was 2023. This is now 2024. We start on uh, this evening's uh, fixtures with the EPCR Challenge Cup, where the Newcastle Falcons play Benetton, and the Ospreys play USA Papillon. That's at uh, 10 o'clock, both of those kickoffs and then in the champions cup it's the northampton saints against uh, bayonet then on saturday tomorrow o'clock kickoff it's uh, clement against the clinetli scarlets the sharks of south africa at home three o'clock in the afternoon i can tell you for those of you who've never been to durban at this time of the year um it's bizarre that they're playing rugby at three o'clock in the afternoon it is hot it, look it gets more humid in february but it is absolutely intense the heat and the humidity at this time of the year and I've been saying this for many seasons I just don't understand how the players get through a game of rugby and of course the Sharks on a terrible run at the moment anyway they up against Ionex Zebras play the Dragons at quarter past five that's uh, in uh, Italy Castre Olympique play the Black Lions also quarter past five and then in Scotland Edinburgh take on Gloucester at half past seven and Montpellier take on the Lions of South Africa at 10 o'clock on Saturday evening. In the Champions Cup, Lyon take on Connacht at 3 o'clock. After the Chiefs play the Warriors. And then Toulon play Munster at quarter past five. And then South African interest in the Bulls away from home. They're in Bristol. They play the Bristol Bears. And then half past seven, another game at the Cape Town Stadium. Games have been very well supported at the Cape Town Stadium over the last couple of weeks. As I say, the Stormers played the Bulls, they played the Sharks. And this time they played the Sale Sharks at half past seven on Saturday evening. At the same time, Leinster plays Start Francais. Leinster have not been doing so great. You would have thought with the coaching staff, they've got their World Cup winner in Jacques Ninaba, etc., etc., I haven't done so well. Cardiff Rugby play uh, Harlequins, also 10 o'clock, as do Ulster play Stade Toulousan. That's 10 o'clock. And then on Sunday, the Cheetahs are at home against Section Palois. That's in the EPCR Challenge. And the Champions Cup sees the Bath take on Racing 92. That's, of course, where Springbok winning captain Sia Colise is. La Rochelle play Leicester Tigers and Union Bordeaux take on Saracens. That is the fixtures for the weekend. Let's have a look at some of the uh, news around these matches. Let's start a bit, shall we, with the Stormers. They, without Stephen Ketchup and Franz Malhalber, well, one thing is for certain, they won't be using their scrum as much as they are used to. So if you thought the art of rugby was how the former captain and talisman Kitchoff now doing work for his new team Ulster and arguably the world's best tight head prop Malhariba missing first a World Cup duty and then to a lower back injury could miss most of the season. Um, you might be wondering where they are going to get their front power from. Now they've conceded penalties sometimes. But invariably it's been the Stormers who've got the better of the set scrum battles in the matches they've played so far. 
The Vodacom Bulls with former Stormers tight end Wilco Lowe, Hooker Akafanameva, having shone previously, expected to do better at scrum than they did previously in the matches over the Christmas period. Now, the first Guinea Six Nations after a World Cup often sees a changing of the guard with new faces emerging as fresh four-year cycles begin. Now, this season's tournament is likely to be another example of that following the retirement of a number of seasoned campaigners and the rise of a host of talented youngsters who've shone in the Vodacom URC over the past few months. So there's some uncapped players or test rookies from the league who could make it into the respective Guinness Six Nations squads, which are the men that could force their way back into the frame through the domestic form. A couple of players, the uh, Kieran Frawley of Ireland, Kelvin Nash, Tom Stewart, Jack Boyle, Tom Ahern, Ollie Yaga, Sian Pendergast for the Welsh, Cam Winnett, Morgan Morris, Teddy Williams, Ion Lloyd, Mackenzie Martin, Kay Evans, James Botham, wasn't a figure for Wales since July 2021, had a tough 2022, but he's back after an appendix operation and a hamstring tear. Scotland have got Carl Rowe, Matt Curry, Nathan Macbeth, Alex Samuel, Conor Boyle, the Italians, Alessandro Isacor, uh, Mirko Spagnola, Giacomo Ferrari, a couple of names there. So amazing stuff with regards to the world of rugby, as I say, over the last couple of weeks. There's been that much action on the field, but it certainly is going to get underway again. Now, I did mention, of course, the Six Nations competition. So that uh, is right on the cards coming up in the first week of February. Opening game, cracker, absolute cracker. Two sides that uh, both got knocked out quarters and semifinals of the World Cup, France against Ireland. That's most probably the number two and number three team in the world. I don't know what the rankings are at the moment. I know, of course, Springboks will be number one. Maybe New Zealand will be in there somewhere. France and Ireland take each other on in the opening game of the Six Nations. Then on Saturday, the 3rd of Feb, Italy play England and Wales play Scotland. And uh, as it goes on through the course of the month of February, lots and lots of matches. In fact, three matches in February, just a one-week break, and then moving into March as well. Just interesting to note that the final game of the Six Nations might very well be the one, or the final weekend might be the weekend that determines who wins the Six Nations when Ireland play Scotland and France play England. That's on the final week of the uh, tournament. Right, let's turn our attention now, shall we, to uh, tennis. Uh, Quite a bit's been going on over the last couple of weeks as the Australian Open is set for a historic start. That is going to be on the Sunday. That's this Sunday, where 15 days of action, as opposed to 14, the main draw will begin on Sunday for the first time ever, not only giving fans more opportunity to enjoy world-class tennis and the entertainment that is on offer, but data shows matches are now longer. The move to Sunday is a start designed to help alleviate the pressure of players finishing at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. There's also been an announcement made by the ATP and the WTA that matches will not start after a certain time, 11 o'clock, for example, in the evening, so that they don't end at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. It's uh, very, very important for these players to make sure that uh, they uh, get their 
a good night's sleep in. And also, um, I guess as a spectator, you don't want to be there till three, four o'clock in the morning uh, waiting for the end of a match. Now, there's just a mere matter of 86.5 million Australian dollars in prize money up for grabs. Um, the entry list is headed, of course, by the two world number ones, Novak Djokovic and Iga Sviatek. World number two, Arena Sabalenka, will be back to defend her 2023 title as does Djokovic will be targeting a record-extending 11th men's singles title there. Remember, of course, he played last year, but the year before that, uh, he, of course, was kicked out of Australia because he wasn't vaccinated uh, for the COVID strain. Now, back as well, a couple of players back. Uh, Angelica Kerber watched her play last week at the United Cup. She's uh, back this year, and Naomi Osaka, both having had children. The two former champions mounting comebacks at Melbourne Park using protected rankings for entry. 2021 US Open champion Emma Raducanu is also returning after missing the last three Grand Slam tournaments because of injuries. So, rather disappointing um, that they, of course, uh, are were out, but they are back. So who to watch in the tournament? So Iga Sviatek will definitely be the hot favourite to win the first Australian Open, her first Australian Open, when it begins on Sunday. Arena Sabalenka, Naomi Osaka, perhaps, are the players that she needs to watch out for. The world number one is a four-time Grand Slam champion, but has never been beyond the semi-finals at Melbourne Park, is Sviatek now. The Polish player rocketed back to the top of the rankings after winning her first WTA finals trophy in November. She enjoyed a very good season in 2022, recording 37 straight wins, but uh, faltered last year with her 75-week run as number one ending in September. She's only 22. She then lost only won 13 matches to finish the year on a high and uh, followed up by winning all five of her singles at the United Cup last weekend and was named most valuable player. Arena Sabalenka, wow, she got absolutely hammered in the final at the weekend, but she lost to Rybikina, another one of the, Elena Rybikina, another one of the uh, up-and-coming rising stars of uh, tennis. She, of course, uh, winning the Australian Open a couple of years ago, the Russian-born Kazakhstanian. But the 2023 Australian Open looks on course to finish the year at the top of the world until Sviatek pipped her by winning the WTA Tour Finals. The Belarusian who comes from a set down to beat Rabakina in the final 12 months ago boasts a fine record at the majors last year. She reached the semis in Paris and at Wimbledon before losing to Coco Goff in the final of the US Open. The powerful 25-year-old and powerful she is was the first player since Serena Williams to reach at least the semi-final at all four Grand Slams in a single season. Now, let's talk about Rybakina. The Russian-born Kazakh came close a year ago to adding the Aussie Open crown to her Wimbledon crown, losing to Sabalenka in three sets. The world number three started the year in style, dropping just three games in beating Sabalenka in the Brisbane final, where she lost only 15 games in five matches. She says it's given her loads of confidence, and she's really playing well, and she hopes that that will continue. In fact, in the aftermatch speech, it was a, a, a very jovial and um, not happy because she'd lost, but a, a very a lovely way that Sabalenka thanked Rybakina for allowing her to just win matches in the entire match. Now, Naomi Osaka, the Japanese fan favorite, knows her way around Melbourne Park. She lifted the winner's trophy in 2019 and 2021, but is an unknown quantity coming back this year. 
She almost gave up tennis, but she says she's now back in love with the game. Uh, she stepped away from the game in September 22, citing mental health concerns, then gave birth to her daughter, Shy, and said she did not watch any tennis until last year's Wimbledon. She will be unseeded after dropping to 833 in the world, but no top player will want to face her in the first round of the competition. Now, Britain's Emma Raducanu stunned the tennis world when she won the US Open in 2021. Uh, she was a qualifier then, but only on one other occasion as she reached the fourth round of a Grand Slam. The 21-year-old has plummeted to 299th in the world. She had an eight-month layoff because of ankle and wrist injuries. Raducanu has a high profile despite a relative lack of success to Ukraine's Elena Svitolina to three sets in round two in Auckland last week. So I guess, um, there, as I say, there's quite a few ladies that are in contention for the tournament. But on the men's side, I guess everybody will be going, all right, well, there we go. Most probably it's just going to be another Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz scene, if you like. Um, I don't know so much. Um, there have been a couple of players that have done exceptionally well over the last uh, few months. Now, the draw has been made for the tournament. Novak Djokovic doesn't know yet who he's going to play. He's still going to play a qualifier. They're still busy with uh, qualifications. Let me give you some of the names you might be wondering. Unseeded Andy Murray will take on Thomas Echeverry, the 30th seed. Manorino, the 20th seed, has been drawn against Stanislas Wawrinka, who's also unseeded. Um, uh, Taylor Fritz, the 12th seed, is up against an Argentinian, Diaz Agosto. Um, some of the other names that uh, you'd be wondering. Uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas is going to have a really difficult uh, time. He's up against Berrettini. Now, Berrettini might not be seeded, but a very, very good player in his own right. Um, and I think uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas could be one of the players who might struggle in the first round. Matteo Berrettini uh, made the semi-final uh, last year uh, at the Australian Open. He is only 125th in the world, but a very, very good player in D. Francis Tiafu, he's up against Bernard Koric. Shouldn't be too difficult for Tiafu, but we haven't heard much of him in terms of warm-up matches so far in uh, 2024. That doesn't mean that he hasn't been playing, um, but we just haven't heard much from him. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov is up against uh, an Italian, Kosovic. Not too much known about him. Davidovic Fakina is the 23rd seed. He's also drawn up against uh, a Frenchman called Lestien. As far as Alexander Zverev, watch out for him, the number six seed. Um, unfortunately for him, drawn his countryman, uh, Kupfer. I say unfortunately for him, because I'm sure the Germans would have loved to have seen a few players go through. One of them's going to immediately get knocked out. Um, Cameron Norrie, South African-born, now British tennis player, 19th seed. He's up against uh, an opponent, Varilas. Um, and then one of the players that just flatters to deceive, but I think is an outstanding player, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, is Kasper Rudd. He's the seventh-ranked player in the world, 25-year-old Norwegian from uh, Oslo in Norway. I just have a sneaky suspicion that he could be one of, along with Alexander Zverev, a real dark horse in the tournament. And Carlos Alcaraz is going to have a really difficult time, the number two seed. He's drawn the Frenchman Richard Gasquet in the first round. So 
very interesting draw as far as the men are concerned for the uh, Australian Open, uh, which, of course, uh, took place uh, yesterday. And there's going to be a couple of players, I think, who are going to have to um, make a few uh, moves uh, in this tournament, particularly early. Uh, Emma Raducanu makes a Grand Slam return. Uh, she will face Shelby Rogers in the first round. Rogers is a familiar opponent to the U.S. Open champion who beat her during a famous run at Flushing Meadows in 2021. Um, Raducanu did make a positive return in Auckland a couple of weeks ago. So um, interesting. Defending champion Djokovic opens the tournament against a qualifier. Arena Sabalenka, who beat Elena Rabakina, also plays a qualifier. Third seed Rabakina takes on former world number one Karolina Pliskova in the first round. That could be interesting. And Iga Sviatek is a tough opener against the 2020 champion Sofia Kennan. Um, and if Sviatek comes through that test, she'll face the two-time champion Angelique Kerber making a comeback. Naomi Osaka, who, like Kerber, is returning after having a baby, makes her Grand Slam comeback against the 16th seed Caroline Garcia. Coco Goff is seeded fourth and faces Anna Carolina Schmidlova in the first round. As I say, Carlos Alcaraz has been drawn against Richard Gasquet, Stefanos Tsitsipas against Matteo Berrettini. Daniel Medvedev, um, in the same half of draws, Alcaraz will play a qualifier. And Yannick Sinner, the fourth seed, a potential semi-final opponent for Djokovic, plays Botic van der Zandschulp. And Australia's number one, Alex Dimonier, plays the 2016 runner-up from Wimbledon, Milos Reinic, in his opener. Okay, so that is uh, the Australian Open coming up. We'll follow it with uh, great interest as the year, as the weeks, two weeks, in fact, go on, starting on Sunday. So we will definitely have some results for you on Monday. As far as the golf is concerned, they're back in action again for 2024 on the DP World Tour. The Dubai Invitational is currently on the European Tour and on the US PGA Tour. They're in Honolulu in Hawaii for the Sony Open. That is a big one for the PGA Tour. Not all of the players from around the world are back yet in action as far as golf is concerned. A couple of them are still either finished the season quite late or have started the season or are starting the season a little bit later. Then some big news yesterday. Um, and one of my favorites in the Formula One paddock is gone. Well, maybe he's gone from the house. Uh, Gunter Steiner, colorful character, says it like it is, has got some pretty foul language that comes out of his mouth, but he's just a down-to-earth, salt-of-the-land kind of guy, an Italian-American, 58 years old. He has been booted out of Haas. Uh, Wednesday evening, just a shock departure, the colorful team principal. They slumped to 10th and last in the 2023 Constructors' Championship uh, with just 12 points. The 58-year-old American has gone with immediate effect. No comment from Steiner. And I'm glad, for, in a way, because I most probably wouldn't have been able to read it out on from the boardroom to the locker room because of some of the colorful language that he uses. There's also been news that technical director Simon Resta, who previously worked for engine providers Ferrari has left the team. Steiner, a fan favorite, thanks to the Netflix docuseries Drive to Survive, in which he features prominently, is devastatingly frank and unfiltered assessments 
The departure of the cult hero, unless he pops up again elsewhere in the paddock, will be a blow for many of those fans who've recently been attracted to the sport by that very selfsame Netflix program. Steiner led Haas into Formula One on their debut in 2016 and ranked as the third longest-standing principal after Red Bull's Christian Horner and Mercedes Toto Wolf. Okay, on to the Premier League we go. Um... And uh, let me tell you a little bit about the fixtures for the weekend, because we've got to get through the Premier League as well as the African Cup of Nations. Tonight, it's Burnley versus Luton Town. Tomorrow uh, sees Chelsea play Fulham and Newcastle play Manchester City. And on Sunday, Everton play Aston Villa and Manchester United play Spurs. Those are the Premier League games coming up over the next couple of days. Um, There's quite a few teams that are not in action over this weekend. A lot of those teams are not in action because their players, uh, some or a lot, in fact, are on their way to the African Cup of Nations. But the Premier League standings look like this as we go into the first weekend of Premier League action for 2024. Liverpool, top of the pile, and will remain there irrespective of what happens at the weekend, unless, of course, Aston Villa score eight or nine goals. But Liverpool top the table with 45 points. Yes, you heard me correct. Aston Villa are in second place with 42 points. Five points behind the leaders, Liverpool or Manchester City on 40 as are Arsenal in fourth place, also on 40 points. Just behind them, Spurs on 39, West Ham 34, Brighton 31, as are Manchester United on 31 points after eight games. Newcastle dropped all the way down the table while we've been away, as did Arsenal, I might add. Newcastle on 29 points, Chelsea 28. The bottom of the table, Sheffield United still struggling, nine points from their 20 games. Burnley, 11 points from their 20 games. Luton Town, a couple of wins, but still in the relegation zone, 15 points from 19 games. Everton, 16 points from 20 games. Brentford, 19 games played, 19 points. Nottingham Forest in 15th place. They played 20 games and they have 20 points. Then Crystal Palace, 14th. Fulham, 13th. Bournemouth, 12th. And Wolverhampton, 1st in 11th place. So that is what the Premier League looks like at the moment. And then, of course, this weekend, we see the start of the African Cup of Nations. Hopefully you heard our conversation with the uh, football commentator and our soccer correspondent, Kevin Evans. It all starts tomorrow evening, 10 o'clock in the Ivory Coast, where the host nation Côte d'Ivoire, that's the way you say it in French, Côte d'Ivoire, my French is not too bad, had spent quite a bit of time in the Ivory Coast, hot and humid like you have no idea, but a lovely place. They play Guinea-Bissau in the opening game at 10 o'clock on Saturday evening. And then on Sunday, the Super Eagles, Nigeria, uh, kick the afternoon off three games on Saturday, on Sunday, where they take on Equatorial Guinea. Egypt play Mozambique at 7 o'clock. Ghana play the Cap Verde Islands at 10 o'clock. And then on Monday, it's Senegal against Gambia. Cameroon against Guinea, also 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 10 o'clock. Algeria play Angola. And on Tuesday, Southern African interest where Burkina Faso take on Mauritania at 4 o'clock. Tunisia play Namibia at 7 o'clock. 
and Mali take on South Africa at 10 o'clock. And to wrap up the first round of fixtures, Wednesday, Morocco play Tanzania and the Democratic Republic of Congo play Zambia. And then three games on Thursday, Equatorial Guinea play Guinea-Bissau. And then Cote d'Ivoire play Nigeria in the first of the second round of matches. And Egypt will come up against Ghana. That should be an absolutely classic game as well. Big names from the African continent in action at the African Cup of Nations. And for our listeners across the African continent, you will be happy to know that the satellite broadcast company Supersport, until just yesterday, had not had the rights. Maybe they did, but they weren't telling anybody to the competition and they now are going to be showing all the matches and for those people in South Africa who've got the opportunity of watching both the satellite and the free-to-air channel who don't enjoy the free-to-air commentary in so many different languages well you'll be able to listen to the commentary on Supersport if that's what you want to do and that is tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room we hope you've enjoyed it thank you so much for being back with us for the first week of 2023 we will be back next week with lots and lots of sporting action for you from the boardroom to the locker room be nice to each other until next time bye for now